Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. Afternoon to you and welcome to Talksport 2's weekly look at all the stories from the world of the IPL. The tournament is flying along as there are now less than 20 group matches left. The IPL's a tournament where drama, tension and excitement come along as regularly as London buses. But even by this competition standards, the past weekend was utterly incredible. A game that seemed impossible to win was clinched with balls to spare, while a super over was needed to split one yesterday, and the other match took a super, super over. As normal, the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison is alongside myself, Andrew McKenna, to guide you through all of it over the next hour. During that time, we'll hear from MS Dhoni, Steve Smith and Owen Morgan. And our mate from South Africa, Neil Manthorpe, will join us to try to find some new words to describe the genes that is Abraham Benjamin de Villiers. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. The IPL preview show on TalkSport 2. Hey! 
that. We're going to have a super duper over. Great change of pace from Lucky Ferguson. Game over. Super over to the Night Riders. Going, going, gone. Four sixes. Flies over the head of KL Rahul. That is a triumphant little period for the Mumbai Indians. They always seem to find a way. There he goes again. Nicholas Puran. Six more. So match is tied. Set to go for the Super over here in Dubai. Two to win. Could be the match winning save. Full toss. Gale goes up. Up and away. What a start, Chris Gale. Full toss down the ground. Universe Boss says, I'll have some of that. Climate Wicket wins it. Two points for Kings 11 Punjab. A much deserved two points. We've had an absolute cracker here. I'm sitting here listening to that with a smile on my face, just remembering what an incredible weekend it was. All started on Friday as the Mumbai Indians beat the Knight Riders by uh, eight wickets in Abu Dhabi. Then on Saturday, in the double headers, uh, the RCB beat the Rajasthan Royals, chasing down the 178 they needed for victory in Dubai. We then had the Delhi Capitals beating the Super Kings in Sharjah, uh, chasing down 180 for victory in that one. And then the Sunday games, the Knight Riders beating the Sunrisers in a super over in Abu Dhabi. And then we had the Kings Eleven beating the Mumbai Indians in a double super over match in Dubai. It all means that the Delhi Capitals are the top of the standings with 14 points from their nine games. Mumbai and RCB both have 12. Uh, the Knight Riders now have 10. The Sunrisers, Kings Eleven, Chennai Super Kings and Rajasthan Royals all have three wins. Therefore, six points from their nine matches. Everybody has played nine games. Steve Harmison, as I mentioned in the opener, this is a tournament that, that basically rewrites rules for drama, excitement and whatever. But, my God, that, that was two, get, two days' worth of cricket that, that just packed so much in. Those were incredible matches. It was, absolutely, Mac. An afternoon to everyone. Yeah, it, was, it was amazing. Honestly, it was amazing. We talk about what happened yesterday, but in my notes, I've got magnificent. This, this game doesn't get any best. tournament doesn't get any better. Every day I'm thinking, I don't think he can beat that. And I got as far as Munda with A.B. De Villiers' innings. That's as far as I got. Never mind what happened yesterday. It's been absolutely... <laughs> magnificent the the one thing I will say and I think it'll be interesting to to know from players that have played in this um, and I think that's a question for the likes of Ben Stokes Johnny Bairstow Josh Butler the lads further down the line is how different it is without a crowd and I'm talking about pressure we've seen two or three super overs now we've seen two in one game in this in this last 24 hours and I think the pressure of not having the crowd is actually putting different pressure on the players because everybody seems to be free relaxed 
and playing to their optimum and their maximum ability. And I think what, what we're seeing is people are expressing themselves a little bit more than what they would have if there's crowd in there. So that makes it even more of a spectacle for people at home. I think it's been absolutely magnificent. Um, and there's been, again, some muddled thinking by some of the players you can't really predict about well, uh, about some of the sorry that the players are decision making. Um, Johnny, ba- I mean, Josh Butler's gone down to five. We've seen this week. We've seen a super over not sending out Karen Pollard. There's just you know sometimes you try and predict what's going to happen, and it uh, it surprises you. And I think it surprised me for the better because it's been a magnificent week in the IPL. Yeah, I mean, so many stories. We'll, we'll talk about the English players because there's a lot of stories involving the English players. And let's be honest, we did we did kind of hint at this last week. Uh, the Knight Riders they've made the decision to uh, to swap things around a bit. So Owen Morgan is now in in charge, leading the side. Uh, we'll touch on that later. Um, the interesting one for me actually in the Mumbai Indians Kings Eleven Punjab game was when we came to the second Super over, and, and this this is uh, this is where you're talking about clarity of thinking. Nobody actually seemed to know exactly what the the rules of it no. were because, of course, we haven't seen it before. And for, for anyone that doesn't understand, let's say in an ICC competition, there will be competition rules. This is what happens. And we had Simon Dool yesterday trying to explain the situation right. Well, OK, if you've batted already, then you can't bat in the second one. But obviously the IPL has its own competition rules, and that's where it gets very confused. I mean, you, there was the TV shot of Andy Flower getting very heated with one of the umpires, uh, who was clearly under the impression that Pollard couldn't go back out for the second super over, having been non-striker in the first one. And it, again, it's just, you say, the, the competition rules are, are baffling when it comes. We've seen it in the World Cup final last year. Nobody, uh, you know, the, the, the summer before, uh, they seem to have a different rule for the ICC and a different rule for for the IPL. Uh, yeah, it was, I think if you watch the, the game before that, I think Danny Morrison mentioned that if, I think it was it was on strike, Owen Morgan was on strike, I think, and there was a, the, if the wicket had gone, he said, he, he did actually say it would go to another super over. And this game was after that. So mm. you, you, it just seemed one set of commentators knew down the road and the other set of commentators didn't know later on in, in, in the day. So again, it, it just it's the beauty of the IPL. One thing I will say about Andy Flower there, getting heated, it just shows you what different pressure there is on because his, his team needed a win. His team desperately needed a win. Kings 11 Punjab don't win. I can't see them catching fourth place. So it was it was a different pressure, and you could see how much how much the the the, the, the players care about trying to get their team over the line. And again, Karen Pollard, how he didn't face a ball in that first super over is beyond me. You know, he is your he is your finisher. He's your big six hitter, and uh, I know it's Robert Sharma and and and, and Quentin de Kock, but. I'd expected um, Kieran Pollard to, to face at least two, if not three, of the first super over balls. Um, but you know, it, it, it did go back to have another go, and and what a bit of fielding it was by Agarwal to keep Kings Eleven from potentially chasing sixteen or seventeen, as opposed to just chasing eleven. As we all know, it's a batsman's game, so we do like to highlight the bowlers when they do well. Absolutely. And Lockie Ferguson for the KKR, uh, his first competitive game since March, 
and gets a fifer. And great timing from the KKR because at the moment now they've got that four-point buffer between everyone else beneath them. They're in that fourth spot at the moment. And look, it's taken a few sort of twists and turns for the KKR this season. But maybe, just maybe, it's starting to, to fall into place for them. And, and Lockie Ferguson, as we know, is a very fine bowler. He is. He's a, he's a smashing bowler. I'd, I'd pace. It's... It 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 gets it gets the men with the boys the good and the great when you come up against Pierce if you've not quite got the ticker and you've not got the game Pierce will find you out but it's actually quite interesting his slower balls did the damage the you know the little leg cutter was the ones that did the damage not the quick fast hundred and sort of forty five kilometers an hour um, but we did mention this last week Maka in in this very show when we were talked about Sunil Narine if it wouldn't be a bad thing if he couldn't play because because their options would have to be change up and get a fast bowler in. Talked about Andre Russell's knees, didn't we, last week, and say he probably is not as you know, mobile in the field and he's not bowling as quickly as he would like. So they maybe need that little bit more of a, a bit more firepower. As well as Owen Morgan being med captain, that changes the dynamics of his thought and his team's thought because I would imagine Owen Morgan's, if you look at the way England have performed well in the last, sort of three or four years of white ball cricket he's looked for pace you know when you when you think of Plunkett in the middle you've got Archer up the top even Stokes bowls bowls quickly he likes pace in his side and with Pat Cummins as well as Lockie Ferguson in that side now they seem to have a little bit more of a better balance brought in Kuldeep Yadav who has played a lot of IPL cricket. He's an experienced spin bowler. So, for me, it, it, it gives him a little bit more balance of the side. It gets the Narayan away from the top of the order if he doesn't fire, which means Owen Morgan can get in a bit earlier because we criticised... Well, not so much criticised, but the observation was going in at number six for Owen Morgan is far too low. And they might have just stumbled across um, a nice little balance of a formula here now, KKR. And speaking of formulas, we did mention two weeks ago that if uh, the Sunrisers wanted to get Kane Williamson up and going, they might need to split up Johnny Bairstow mm. and David Warner at the top of the order. Well, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't necessarily expect to see David Warner walking out at second drop, but that's exactly what they did, and fair play to him, actually. At 47 from 33 balls, I mean, it, as it turns out, 163 wasn't enough to get the job done, but um, David Warner and number four, I, you wouldn't have necessarily thought of it, but it, it seemed to work for them. No, I'm not a fan of that, to be honest, mm. Macker. Um, I look at I look at that side, and I think my best three players are Bester, Williamson, and Warner. What 10, 12 odd years ago, Davy Warner burst onto the scene. He came to Durham after his first year of of um, I think white ball cricket in in Australia. Durham got him as a very raw young 19, 20 year old. And all he was was an opening batsman. We've just seen him as an opening batsman. He's played his whole career as an opening batsman. And I would imagine, you mentioned there, 47 of 33 balls. If I was a Sunrisers sort of coach and management team and thinking, why is he not got... If he's, if he's going to not go in first, he's got to go in at least three. Yeah, yeah. And they get beaten a, they get beaten a super over. Warner faces four more balls. Yeah, Sunrisers win for me there. So I think they might have to rethink and get Warner. If he's not going to go in first, he goes in at number three at the latest. Um, and maybe it was because Williamson's hamstring, he had a, a little bit of a, 
I think he did it during the during the first half, didn't he? In the field, and I think he, I don't think he got into the game with a hamstring injury. He seemed to be fine, and then all of a sudden, I think it was a bit of fielding that he he just tweaked his hamstring. And the idea of because you probably aren't going to run as much in the first six overs, then it's not a bad thing to send Williamson in first, split Warner and Besto up. I'm surprised it was. It was Warner that went down to four. I thought Johnny might have, might have gone to three or four. But this is the way they went. They got to a super over. But I'm sure the management will be thinking, you know what? If Davey Warner had faced four more balls, Sunrisers would have won that match. Well, the interesting thing is, of course, when he got to the super over, who did he sent out and faced the first ball? David Warner. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, <laughs> so there you go. Um, it is uh, TalkSport 2. It is our IPL show. There's so much to talk about today. Uh, we still haven't touched on Sam Curran and uh, Joss Butler yet, so we'll do that when we talk about the English players later on. Uh, so many uh, so many players involved over the last few days. Uh, we'll get properly stuck into that. But next, we're going to be joining our South African expert. Neil Manthorpe's going to be uh, joining us to look at A.B. de Villiers, who once again was just incredible form for RCB on Saturday. A match that the RCB, frankly, didn't look like they were going to win at all. They ended up winning it with balls to spare because A.B. de Villiers went absolutely potty once again, 55 not out from just 22 balls. Neil Manthorpe has watched a great many of A.B. de Villiers' innings and he'll be trying to find some new words to describe the genius that is the man when he speaks to us next here on TalkSport 2. DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. in Dubai. The Royal Challengers of Bangalore taking on the Rajasthan Royals. The Royals posted a more than respectable 177 for six and had the RCB at 102 for three when Padikal and Kohli were dismissed in consecutive balls at the end of the 13th over and the start of the 14th and you thought, well that's it. Royal Challengers aren't going to make this. However, A.B. de Villiers, 55 not out from 22 balls, 1-4 and 6 sixes, and they got there, not only got there, they got there with two balls to spare. And um, i tell you what, let's hear from, from Jack Callis. Jack Callis is a man who's been around the game of cricket for an awful long time. He's told us that A.B. is one of the best he's ever seen. I think the talent that he's got is exceptional and... Um, you know, just watching him bat, he makes the game look very easy. And uh, to, to, I think people, you know, there's a lot of people that say um, you, you judge a player on how good he is, would you pay money to go and watch him? And certainly A.B. de Villiers is one that I'd pay a lot of money to go and watch. 
Um, Harmy, just to, to pick up on what uh, Jack Hallis was saying, I mean, Jack Hallis is one of the best of all time, mm. and he reckons A.B. de Villiers is one of the best he's played with. That's like the elite of the elite. Yeah, it's some, some compliment from some player. I think when, the, when you look at the stats, I think the best of all time will be Jack Callis. The catches, the runs and the wickets he took over a 150-test match career tells you that he's he's in pretty good company at the top if he thinks A.B. Ab de Villiers is one of the best. I actually played A.B. de Villiers' test match debut and there's a lot of question marks on whether he was going to play or not because I don't know if you remember in Port Elizabeth in 2004, I think it was, um, the Mark Boucher got dropped for Tolosa Tolaskelly, yeah, I can't pronounce his name. Tolaskelly. Tolaskelly, that's the one. And AB came in um, in the middle order, and you could see straight away that this kid was was a special talent. Um, me and you had a, a text exchange last week before this 50, uh, 55 of 22 balls, because you got 73 of 33 balls on Monday straight after our show. Yes. And I said, if I was coaching any young kids about how to hit the cricket ball, I'd play them that them 33 balls for the simple fact he gets in position early. His head's in the right position. He doesn't try and hit the ball too hard, which means he doesn't lose his shape. And once you've got all that in position, the way the bats are and the size of the boundaries are, and I'm talking like a fast bowler here, but it's not hard to hit sixes and fours if you've got stable base, head position, not move, not many moving parts. And that is A.B. de Villiers' way and his manner. He gets into, into position early. He gives your bowler basically a clue of what he's trying to do but because he's got there early he gives himself a chance to hit the ball and that's what he did and he did it brilliantly the one thing I will say was Macca after Monday he got 73 off 33 balls batting at number 4 I don't know about you but I was throwing things at my TV three days later when I see him walking out at number six I was like what are you doing it was like RCB what are you doing Washington Sundar come in at number four and Shiv do, and I'm like why is he he's just got 73 off 33 but common sense prevails he comes in at number four against Rajasthan Royals um, and like you say a game they shouldn't have won end up winning with two balls to go because of the brilliance of A.B. de Villiers yeah I mean you've only got to look at the way that Virat Kohli responds to A.B. I mean Virat Kohli's going to go down as one of the greatest to ever play the game and it's, it's the sort of thing you see on social media all the time is it find someone who looks at insert name here the way someone else looks at them and, and you would use Virat Kohli and A.B. de Villiers there because Virat Kohli is clearly 100% in sporting love with A.B. de Villiers well I'll tell you what, one thing we do need to touch on though Rabada has kind of gone around the world and he's played in a lot of franchise cricket Imrik Nokia kind of got picked up last year as a result of an injury. He got picked up this year as a result of an injury. I tell you what, that might be one of the best pickups ever. Nokia is absolutely bowling flames at the moment, and he looks to the manner born in this form of the game. He does, and we've seen him in in the in the winter for you know, against England. First time I saw him at uh, Supersport Park out in Pretoria, it was like wow. I was like, yes, I like this. This guy's not only has he got pace, he's got aggression. And he wants to bowl fast. He wants to hit the pitch. Looks like he's got a big ticket. He looked as though he bowled all day for his captain. And he, he got picked up for, you know, relatively, you know, very, relatively few, few money, uh, less money than what you would expect the big fast bowlers to go for. Um, and him and Rabada have basically got Delhi Capitals to the top of the log. 
uh, and they look a formidable outfit. I think they've been quite fortunate, Delhi Capitals, because they've played on pitches which have got a little bit more pace in them than you would in India. But, you know, they've exploited it brilliantly. And I think the two South African opening bowlers have been absolutely brilliant for to help the youngish, vibrant, exciting Delhi Capitals to put them in a position to take on what will be, you know, possibly a KKR, if you look at the table now, KKR Delhi semi-final because 10 points, I can't see the Knight Riders getting caught. So it'll be a case of who finishes in the top four slots because I think the four that are there at this moment will be the semi-final places. I'm tired to say Neil Manthorpe is with us now. Neil, we've just been talking about A.B. de Villiers and look, you've seen a huge amount of his innings over uh, the years. Um, is there any surprise left in what he does for you? Because it's, it's almost sort of metronomic regularity that he does this. <laughs> yeah, well, th- that's the surprise um, because you're right. I've been watching him do it for 15 years and it's just... You just keep sort of thinking his powers have got to start waning, but um, they're not. It's absolutely incredible. In terms of where he is at the moment, I mean, by the way, I mean mentally rather than physically, obviously, he seems to be in such a great place that we had all of that thing about the World Cup and all of that. He he just seems at home, at peace with his cricket at the moment. And as we all know, someone who's settled, they play better. That's right. I mean, he's he's got some scars, you know, from World Cups and things. Um, and that was that was uh, it was a wound that he what he desperately wanted to heal to, that that made him make himself available just before the World Cup last year. But um, you know, and he's and he's still talking about perhaps playing in the next T20 World Cup. I mean, he's clearly not on the wane, is he? <laughs> he's still. I mean, he's playing as well as uh, as he ever has. Some would say even better. But um, he does. He's got a burning ambition to 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 win the IPL. He's obviously very very close to Virat Kohli, and it's something that that motivates him and drives him. And I think. If if and when he does eventually come to terms with the fact that he's not going to win a World Cup, and I, I don't think that is actually a wound that'll ever heal. If it is, it'll be a, a little, still leave a large scar on his career. But winning the IPL, I think, would be uh, a, a, certainly a consolation, a, a very much a second best prize. But it's something that seriously motivates him. And when he, you know, when the run rate climbed to to fifteen or sixteen and over, and uh, and he won. The, he won the game with that six, half a dozen sixes. You could see afterwards that there wasn't so much, it wasn't a sort of joyous celebration, was it? It was just a kind of angry, almost fist clenching. Um, and just, it showed to me that he is, he is seriously, seriously up for, for winning the IPL. He's a, he's a real hero in Bangalore. I mean, I've, I've been there, I've watched him play there and, um, and he's, uh, you know, he's as fondly regarded as I, I think as, as almost any Indian player. Uh, he's run alongside MS Dhoni in Chennai and and Kohli himself. Manas, you, you talked about that six clinch, uh, the clinch and the fist and the six. Do you think that was a message to the dressing room saying, "Do not bat me six anymore"? After what <laughs> happened three years earlier. <laughs> and do you think? Wasn't and, that? and Manas, do you think having the the sort of just having the IPL in his in his calendar do you think that gives him a little bit more 
chance to eat. He, he just seems, he seems a guy who who enjoys life, enjoys relaxing, and, and, and because he's only got that in his calendar, he feels more freely about his life, you know, in, in the way his life is revolving at the moment. Yeah, um, it's 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 front and foremost, isn't it? I mean, it's the, it's the very centre of his uh, cricket life at the moment. Um, you know, there's uh, there's still people raising eyebrows in South Africa, asking why he's prioritising the IPL and why he did prioritise the IPL over playing for South Africa. And then, of course, you know, his um, his back was was too dodgy to keep wicket for South Africa, but now he's keeping wicket for RCB. Um, but you know, you you you're you're right. He's got a young family. He wants to spend more time with them. He has, of course, had stints at various times in uh, in the Big Bash and and uh, the Caribbean Premier League, but um, but he's put those all on the back burner now, and the the focus is is very much on the IPL. But I mean, he said again in a Sunday newspaper a couple of days ago that, or last week actually, that if he's still hitting the ball as well as he is. Uh, in, when the T20 World Cup comes around and if Mark Boucher wants him and if Graham Smith wants him and they're two of his best mates so there's no reason why they wouldn't then uh, he's certainly up for an international comeback but but I think you know you're you're right I mean he's um he, he does get to spend a lot of time at home and uh and and he does seem very focused and I think probably quite relaxed as well the, the other thing about the bio bubble in the UAE with the various teams is that some of them made much, much better choices than others. Uh, you know, there are some teams who are stuck on the 34th floor of a, of a climate-controlled five-star hotel and they don't get to go out and they're developing cabin fever. Others have got villas with private beaches and, and I think RCB have got it right. So, you know, there, there are some teams who are really, really feeling the effects of, of being in this very very strictly controlled bubble and there are others who are playing beach volleyball and they've got exercise bikes on their balconies and hardly noticing the fact that they're in a biosecure bubble uh, speaking of that neil obviously back in south africa at the moment you've got the same issues with covid as, as a great many other parts of the world there's also an awful lot going on in the world of cricket south africa let's not go there for the time being but as cricket fans in south africa you've got the form of um, ab Fav duplessis got his fourth 50 uh, we were just talking a few couple of moments ago the form of rabada and nokia with the ball um i mean <laughs> Just the performances from the South African players. I mean, you really, really some outstanding performances. And Chris Morris, I mean, of course, as well. yeah. I mean, he's he's just been a revelation. He's been superb, and that's been RCB's problem over the years, hasn't it? Death bowling, um, and and he's just nailed that. I mean, a couple overs with a new ball, couple at the death, and he's done some terrific work. But yeah, there's. Um, more interest in South Africa in the IPL this year than, than at any other time. Um, in fact, we, we're just all devouring whatever cricket we can watch. <laughs> and thanks for your summer, by the way. That was magnificent viewing. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who said if, that, if the T20 World Cup was just around the corner, then uh, we've got a very, very good uh, core, very, very good spine of cricketers. Quinton de Kock's been full of runs recently as well. So... There's half a dozen. And Imran Tahir hasn't even got a game for the Chennai Super Kings. Apparently, he's still nailing it in the nets. But it's a, it's a, it's a pity we have to wait so long for the next T20 World Cup. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Absolutely. Neil, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And um, we, we heard from Jacques Callis uh, a little bit earlier. Um, just a little plug here. You've been in conversation with him, and that is tomorrow's Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. Uh, Neil has been chatting with Jacques Callis about all matters to do with uh, international cricket. So that is definitely worth a listen. If you can't hear it uh, tomorrow when it goes out, then, of course, we will be podcasting it as part of the Cricket Collective, and uh, you'll be able to get it in all the uh, the normal ways there. Definitely. Definitely worth a listen. Uh, Neil Manthorpe, our uh, man from South Africa, joining us. It's Steve Harmison, Andrew McKenna with you with the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Next, we're going to be looking at uh, some of the stories involving the English players out in the IPL. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL preview show on TalkSport 2. He's the end of Ben Stokes. He goes to 15. Could be gone. Should be gone. Is gone. Dangerous. Butler gone. 24. 127 for four are out now. And this could be out. And it is out. Oh, yes. Yes, it is out. A top edge from Sam Curran. Desperately disappointing start for him and for his team. Johnny Biesto will be kicking himself. 
It is the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Andrew McKenna and Steve Harmison taking you through the stories. And we're going to look at some of the English players for the uh, the next few minutes because there's been some real um, involvement, shall we say, for the uh, the last few days. Um, we've been hinting at this for, for a couple of weeks, but um, the uh, the Knight Riders, let's start with this one. They uh, decided to make a change and uh, let Owen Morgan take over the, uh, the captaincy. Uh, let's hear from the man himself about why he believes he's been appointed. I think within a team of leaders and given that myself and Dinesh were titled leaders in captain and vice-captain, I think there'll be a smooth transition from here. I think it took a lot of courage for DK and actually quite a lot of selflessness from him to come forward and recognise that within himself he wanted to focus on his batting for the remainder of the tournament and take a, uh, the vice-captaincy up. Um, and therefore I became captain. Um, it's obviously a very good opportunity for me to lead the team. But like I said, within our group of players, we have a number of leaders that we will need throughout this competition. So there you go. There's the explanation from the man himself. Harmy, we've spoken a lot about what he brings to the table. So I'll tell you what, let's, let's take that one as red because we, kind of, we kind of touched on that last week. Mm. Let's now talk about what was a bit of a surprise. When the Chennai Super Kings played last week, all of a sudden Sam Curran found himself walking out to the middle to open the batting. Um, MS Dhoni is, of course, a big mover and shaker within the Chennai Super Kings. Uh, he's been uh, speaking, as has Trevor Bayliss, about Sam Sam Curran going in at the top of the order. He's a complete cricketer for us and, you know, you need that seeming all-rounder and uh, the way he's batting, he strikes the ball nicely. He's somebody who can bat up the order. He plays the spinners well and, you know, he can give us those quick uh, 15 to maybe 35, 40 runs, you know. If we need that momentum, you can push him up and he's eager to do it. And bowling also, a left-armer is always good to have in the side, especially with the new ball batsman. He's always worried whether the ball will come in or not, how much it will swing and... Even the slower one, the fast slower one becomes more and more effective. Uh, I feel as the tournament progresses, he'll get even more comfortable when it comes to death bowling. Sam, you know, he's a good striker of the ball. Uh, you know, when the ball's coming on, so, if, you know, a newer ball coming on a little bit. I, you know, I don't think we bowled particularly well to him there for, uh, for a couple of overs. Um, but, look, he's a good player. Um, and obviously Watson coming in at uh, number three, it's yeah, not too different to, to opening the batting. So that is Trevor Bayliss and MS Dhoni speaking about Sam Curran. They say no real surprise, but it certainly raised a few eyebrows, Harmy. It did, yeah, and I, I quite like it, to be honest. And I think it's another, like I've said many times, I'm, I've said it, I think I've said it on every show that we've done, this is a great education for Sam Curran as a cricketer. Um, and it can only benefit English cricket because he's going to come back of Shane dressing room with the likes of Faf Duplessis, Shane Watson, um, Mahendra Singh Dhoni, Jadeja. They're a good, good, they are good, good people, good players. So he'll come back a better person. He'll come back a better cricketer. And again, just going in first, he hits the ball cleanly. He hits the ball, you know, he hits the ball airily, but he hits the ball cleanly. And in the first six overs, you're only allowed two fielders out. So he's only really got to get it over the 30 yard circle. And he's, he's, in business so uh, he seems to want to learn he seems to want to get better he seems to loves the challenge so one thing about i love sam curran he loves the challenge of what the ipl brings he loves the challenge what any situation brings you look at when he plays for england the times and i've mentioned it again numerous times that i feel as though i struggle to get him in my side but when he does play 
when chips are down and England needs something, it seems to be Sam Curran that gets a wicket with a bouncer or gets a wicket coming on to change and break a partnership. So, you know, from that point of view, going in first and, you know, hitting a clean ball, no matter whether it's spin or it's seam, you know, he'll fancy his chances to get quick, quick runs. And like Mendra Singh, Dhoni there, you're not looking for him to go in and get 100. You're just looking, looking for him to get between 20 and 40 runs off about 15, 20 balls. And that gets the side off and running. What it does, it gives the likes of Duplessis and Watson a little bit more time to get in because I think that's been Chennai's problem. They've got runs at the top of the order. They just haven't got them quick enough. And I think if Sam does get them off to a good start, it gives them a little bit of a platform. So Curran's going upwards, but Joss Butler found himself heading down the order for the Royals, as we've already heard in that the game that A.B. de Villiers got 55 in for the RCB. Rajasthan posted 177 for six. Ben Stokes remains as opener, but it was Robin Utapa who opened alongside him. Sam Ju Sampson at three, Steve Smith at four, with Joss Butler down at five, making just under a runnable 24. Smith explained afterwards the decision for Butler to go down the order. We wanted a bit more experience in the middle with Joss. Um, we obviously know he's, Joss is an amazing opener, but he's also, I think, one of the best at the back end. Um, just give us a bit more um, balance to the side. Um, obviously, Robbie's done a lot of opening, uh, and I thought he played particularly well um, this afternoon as well. Um, you know, I'd be disappointed he wouldn't, didn't go on with it a bit more, but he got the team off to a good start. Um, and, yeah, that, that was the reasoning behind it. This, in many ways, is Joss Butler's cricketing career in microcosm, isn't it, Steve Harmison? And the fact that, yes, Joss Butler is really good in the middle order, but Joss Butler's also very good at the top of the order. You can make a case for playing him just about anywhere. The guy is so talented. But I feel for him. I want him to find one home and be given a run of games there and actually let him settle down because there just seem to be constantly chopping and changing with him. Yeah, and again, it's a it's a... A little bit of panic for a team who are struggling to find a formula. You know, Rajasthan Royals played nine, six points, bottom of the league. They're trying to find a new formula, a new way, a different sort of game plan. It doesn't make sense for me. I hear what Smith's saying. We want some experience down at that that sort of middle end, middle of, you know, middle to the bottom of the order in the the sort of the, the, the first six batting spots. But I don't mind Robin Otapa going in. in in first, I think he is a good player. I think he is an experienced player. But a lot of IPL cricket in that that sort of position. Stokes, I think he has to bat, bat in the top three. So I don't mind Ben staying at, at number two. I think the experienced one is Steve Smith and staying at four. I don't understand why Butler's not batting at three and Sanyu Samson batting at number five with Tawati at number six. That looks, for me, like a well-balanced unit. You've still got your best players going in and facing as many balls as you possibly can. But go back to what I've said again many times, the intervention or the thought process of Indian management staff and management team in them possibly meddling from up above saying we need these young you know we need our Indian players to, to, to have a chance and we feel as though he should bat at number three as in Sanyu Samson then unfortunately somebody has to move and gets put out of place I actually think this in this case it's Josh Butler I thought it happened in the RCB game when De Villiers went down the order um, to, and that it just it doesn't make sense. So you know, we'll wait and see what happens in the game this afternoon because, let's face it, losers out. Chennai Super Kings against Rajasthan Royals. 
this afternoon. You know, there's some fantastic players on show. To Plessis, Watson, Doney, Curran against Stokes, Archer, Butler, Smith. If they're all them are heavily involved, you know, we should, in theory, have a, a humdinger of a game. But they are sitting seventh and eighth in the table at this moment in time. Chennai with Mumbai and RCB next. You feel as though if, if CSK can't win this game, that then then they're out with Rajasthan playing Sunrisers and Mumbai the next two games. Two very, very difficult games as well. So I think the losers of this next of this game this afternoon will be packing their bags and as Manas says will be probably coming out of the bio bubble because if they're not on the beach and they're stuck on the 34, 34th floor <laughs> then it's going to be a long long two weeks for the rest of the IPL when they can't have any chance of getting the semi-finals. This is the IPL preview show on Talk Sport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.